Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, sushi rolls, not gender rolls, we welcome back Lisa Kenny from We Imagine Gender. Plus, I love you guys. Woo! I just saved my one-year-old son from choking. <laughs> um, we, were, we were eating on the... I don't... I don't forget it. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> I did it, and now it's done, and he's fine, and he's safe. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for your show. You help the feelings feel normal. Um, yeah, uh, I guess I can't redo this. Sorry, guys. Bye. <laughs> you don't have to redo anything. You are amazing. This is a great check-in. Good job. You... Just saved your one-year-old. This is like, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. This is like, I got to take off the rest of the day. (laughs) That was a lot. I'm going to be like dealing with the emotional repercussions of this for a while. This is woo-worthy. It's genius-worthy. It's jump up and down and tell everyone you know worthy. And I know, I know. Sometimes it can feel like I shouldn't tell anybody because what the hell was I doing or whatever. There's like, oh, it was, how did he even start choking? Blah, 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 blah. And like, how can we spin this into something that we can feel like shit about? And I am here to say there's no reason to feel like shit about anything. We need to be out high-fiving each other like maniacs with stuff like this. This is the kind of thing where you're walking through the grocery store and you're like, hey, how's it going? My child choked this morning, and I saved him. Woo! High five. How about you? High five. Right? So you are doing amazing. Look at you being a great parent. I am so, so very fucking impressed. Thank you for calling and sharing that with us. Speaking of thank yous, it's time. And I want to give a special shout out right off the bat to people who work in labs. You are always included in my thoughts when I say uh, medical workers, but but let's, somebody is processing all those fucking COVID tests, guys. <laughs> there are people processing a lot of them. And I want to say thank you for that work. That is a lot of work and you are essential and appreciated and thank you and thank you to everybody who has been out working on these different vaccines there are many steps in this process and there are many people who are involved in this and I see you and I appreciate you thank you so very much And as always, thank you to everybody in the medical industry for all that you're doing. It is getting very dark out there as winter is upon us. And I can't imagine how frustrated you are by people not wearing fucking masks. So I just want to say I will always wear my mask for you. And thank you to everybody who's wearing masks. It actually... 
Guys, it's an easy fucking thing to do, okay? So thank you to everyone who is wearing their masks. Thank you to the Postal Service. Thank you to all the small and local businesses who are working incredibly hard to provide us all with options for shopping local and picking those things up. I can't encourage that enough. So make sure you're checking out some of your favorite local toy shops or food shops or bookstores. And what a great way to take care of your holiday shopping as well as supporting local businesses. This is something we can do. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Speaking of things we can do, Ellis's birthday was last week. (laughs) And it was fine. It went fine. Ellis wanted a Lego cake. And I thought of all the cakes that I have made, I'm going to be able to make this cake. Right? This is, he just wants it to literally look like a fucking Lego. I have become a master of making icing and cakes from scratch. I made the chocolate cake and I made the chocolate cake and then I made all this green icing. I even like, like I cut the cake, like I went through with the knife and like slid, I baked the cake in bread pans, right? Because that's like close to Lego shape. And then I sliced the little round tops off. And then I used a biscuit cutter and made those little Lego knobs to put on top of a six-knobbed Lego. Something went wrong with the icing. I'm not sure. It definitely was not going on smooth. It definitely was one of those situations in which every time I drug the icing tool across it, it just picked up cake and kept going. It was like, (laughs) guys, that was an ugly cake. I mean, yes, yes, yes. It looked like a Lego in theory. And it was green. And I put sprinkles all over it. And that didn't do much to help it. But what I love is that I posted it on Instagram. (laughs) And everybody was so, everybody's like, that is amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. And you're doing a good job. And I know that all of you know, this is not the best looking Lego cake. <laughs> like, I know that, and that's okay. But you were still so supportive of the effort. And I was like, oh, thank you, what bad mother listeners, for reminding me it's about praising and supporting our efforts <laughs> and not necessarily our outcomes. And so I just was so delighted and tickled by all of the <laughs> comments, especially the ones that are like, that's amazing. I'm like, it's not, but thank you. <laughs> so I love you guys. You know who else I love? My children. My children have over the last year or longer been going on quite the journey of self-exploration when it comes to their identity and how they would like to express their identity. And there have been lots of conversations about gender and gender identity and gender roles and all kinds of things in our house recently. And so today (laughs) we are welcoming back Lisa Kenny the CEO of Reimagine Gender, to answer a couple of questions that have been brewing in my head lately as I try to support my children on this journey. 
Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Miss and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. We are so excited to welcome back Lisa Kenny. Lisa Kenny is the CEO of Reimagine Gender, an organization dedicated to helping create environments free of constricting gender norms, where everyone is empowered to be their authentic self. Lisa also served as the executive director of Reimagine Gender's sibling organization, Gender Spectrum. She has been a featured speaker at conferences including South by Southwest, Taconomy, the 3% Conference, Institute for the Future and Sustainable Brands, and has authored articles about gender in publications including Harvard Business Review, Fast Company, Fortune, and Quartz at Work. And you may have heard her here on One Bad Mother in episode 188 and 311. (laughs) Welcome back, Lisa! Woo! Thank you, Biz. I really appreciate that. It is great to see you. It's great to hear your voice. It's so fun that we get to see each other over the Zoom. Right? Because we don't get enough Zoom, but you know what? It's making it all worthwhile just seeing your face right now. And I stand here. I I get to connect in a whole new way. This is that's right. Very pleased. Uh, We're just going to spend the next 20 minutes looking into each other's eyes and that would be so nice talking about things in each other's uh, spaces okay that sounds good but before we do that we're okay. going to ask you that standard question that we've already asked you twice before we'll yes. ask you now who lives in your house well that's a really great question mm-hmm. um, thank you <laughs> <laughs> you you like that uh, mm-hmm. question in particular uh right now my wife lives there she's a pretty consistent um you know, member of that household. My son, who's a junior in high school, and my daughter is home from at beginning Thanksgiving break from college. So she's home too. So it's the four of us all at home. And I have to say, it's really nice to have my daughter home. Is it? Is it Yeah, because, yes, it really is. Because it has been COVID hell, having a college student in a dorm, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm actually really glad because I find it much less stressful having her home. And she's a lovely human being. So that is um, a bonus. Yes, it is. That, Not to be that, taken for granted. I think. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, is she at one of the schools that have said, if you go home for break, do not come back. Or, yes. Yeah. So she's so. home till the middle of January. Yeah. Wow. So nice. yeah. So it's nice, actually, a nice, nice little extended thing. And then she's going to go back to an apartment because I cannot, yeah. I cannot deal with the stress no. of the whole roommate and yeah. dorm situation. Yeah. So no, that is no. too stressful. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, and also she went, she changed schools. She's a junior this year, and she went up to Portland. So the beginning of the year started not only with COVID but with fires, and so it was yeah. just like. Yeah, I'm not having fun. I really no. wish you just sort of skip this whole college thing. You know what? I don't know that you really need to go away. You could just come back home. She's like, no, I think not. But yeah, she's home and uh, having a little adjusting because her brother, who's a high school junior, has had some time to adjust um, yeah. to this 
online kind of thing. And so, yeah, we're all learning, right? We're all learning and adapting, <laughs> trying to create space for each other. Yeah, you know. yeah. that's the big one. We call yeah. this place the submarine. We're yeah. constantly trying to like figure out new ways to use spaces and make it work. It, that's the truth right there, yep. you know? All right. Speaking of loving our children and them being nice and having them around, not only do we love having you here because yeah, you. you help uh, calm me down as well as and anybody who's listened to this show for a long time knows the world of gender identity is wonderful and I have stepped in it a few times and I am learning and language in particular you have come on to help us with and because I have been so great <laughs> at language now yes. and live in a place where children, my children and many children have been offered a wide range of uh, language that was never available to me That's as a right. kid. And they go to a school that is very progressive and very, I mean, we are incredibly lucky in that way. When we were growing up, it was two choices, really, boy and girl. And I was a quote-unquote tomboy, which, you know, in the South probably meant everybody thought I was a lesbian. And as my mother once said in college, just let them. Yeah. You know, just <laughs> let them. And I was like, you're probably right. And so, you know, you just kind of, we just all kind of learned to adapt and deal on some level, and if we expressed ourselves with our clothing or our music or our style or whatever, that was kind of what you did, and no one wanted to talk to you much about it. <laughs> right. That's right. That's exactly right. Right? Like, it wasn't right. like I was ever like, well, I'm totally dressing like a dude because of X, Y, and Z. It was just, you just did it. You just yeah. went to Benetton, and you hoped you had parents that would, like... <laughs> be okay right yeah. and frankly your parents probably didn't even want to hear about it they didn't want no, to hear what you had to say they didn't, they didn't want to right. hear what you were thinking yeah. about they yeah. just wanted it to do they, run its course yes and then run its uh, course yes. and mm -hmm. they love me and that is yes. great right okay you can see where we're headed yeah i'm, I'm <laughs> a little you know nostalgic on some levels so both of my kids are, are having a wonderful time with all of this language that is available to them. And I, you know, apologize. I'm going to go for a little while just to get to where I'm trying to get to. That's so, right. Take your time. So We're jump in it on together. the train, Lisa. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So kids now, my kids, have a lot of language available to them. And, you know, Kat, who is my oldest, who was Katie Bell and is now Kat. Uh -huh. Cool. Like the name. They have their best friend. They have two very good friends. One is trans. The other identifies as bisexual. Again, it feels a little like back when I was growing up, you know, if you, you just didn't even want the word gay even mentioned near you. And now I'm like, are we just competing to see who can be? <laughs> this is awesome. What is uh -huh. happening? What is this crazy world we're living in? Like, what? This is not what 11-year-old girls used to, like, compete with. <laughs> now we're like, I'm this, I'm that. And over the last year, Kat has gone through identifying as 
started off with Pan and Ace and then shifted to gender queer to gender fluid. I think we're kind of in a gender fluid area. Uh-huh. At the same time, there has been questions of, well, what would you think if I was trans? I am not trans, but what would you think if I was trans? But I'm uh-huh. not. But if I was, right. Yeah. Okay. Now, then we have Ellis, who very early, he is, you know, by all biological standards, a boy. Love dresses, wore dresses as soon as they could speak. I couldn't come up with a good reason why not. <laughs> so, you know, Ellis has worn a little of A and a little of B, and that's been great. And then in kindergarten, Ellis's teachers reached out to us and said, is Ellis uh, non-binary? And we were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. Maybe. And the teachers were like, well, that's how they've expressed themselves to us. And we said, okay, oh. we, we will listen. Okay. And then we asked Ellis and they were like, yep. And we started first grade this year and, you know, on their Zoom handle, they are a they them. Very exciting. Wow. Good for Ellis. I got to tell you, Ellis, Ellis is the one I'm like steady as a storm. This one I'm like, "Eh, yeah, all right, sure. Uh, Let's go for it. I think what my partner Stefan and I have struggled with is we are very happy to create an environment for these children to express themselves and to try things out. And we have said, repeatedly to them we love you we you know whenever they come at us like literally because they're our children they have to literally jump out of a closet and be like i'm non-binary yeah. right and then we're <laughs> like otherwise it's just nothing it's just not it's just not register yeah. yeah it does not worth it if you're gonna do it do the whole show yeah. go and you know go big go big right? that's go right big. and so and our responses are always great who wants dinner right like, yeah. <laughs> right So where we are right now, and it could be because we're all stuck home together all the time, is I have have two sort of questions that I I would love your expertise on or your thoughts on. And that is, one, we have looked at each other and said, is this really possible that we have two kids in the same house, right? And is it really possible that we know so many people with kids that are identifying in different ways you know is this is this real is it it makes me think back to the like when women started being granted the right to have divorce suddenly (laughs) everybody was divorcing in the 70s and 80s and you're Uh like is it really the best like i've always argued yeah it probably was they've just now been able to get the fuck out right (laughs) that's right that's right it's very possible so that's one is like how this language is tying in with sort of their natural process of of expressing themselves and figuring out who they are. And then the second part of this is my husband and I also have talked about feeling like we are experiencing whiplash because of it's so fluid and it almost feels like we're going to get tricked into failing, right? Like, I, I don't know, like, what am I, what right. am I calling you today? Right. What yes. are we, like, we've already told the grandparents one thing. Now yes. we can't That's just right. keep calling them every week, right? Yeah. It's not fair to them. They're trying their best, right? Like, yes. so 
I lay this upon you. Okay. As I'm sure the only person in the world experiencing this <laughs> yes, now. That's right. That's uh, right. Yeah. So it's just uh, you, Biz. Just me. It's yeah. just me. We just yeah, it's just, you. just just me. <laughs> so there you go. There was all of that. I'm gonna have coffee. <laughs> okay. So you you sip your coffee, and I'm gonna now tell you some things that I think are gonna help you as you transition from that coffee to wine later today. Yes, thank Both you. Both of it's going to feel, you're going to, Are you and, in not my out, <laughs> and not <laughs> out of necessity, but right. just from a, you're just going to be in a happier place. Okay, okay good. So I'm going to tell you this, you are not alone at all. Okay, it that's is abs- good. Yeah, it's absolutely what's going on with that generation of kids today. I mean, from sort of youngish kids, like your, uh, like Alice's age, Mm-hmm. to, you know, sort of mid-20s, that Gen Z group of kids that we talk about, they are the most expansive thinkers about gender that there have ever been. And there are generational divides, right, that we as parents then need to bridge with them because we grew up at a time, and I'm older than you are, I'm quite sure, but I grew up in a time where, you know, as you said, my parents did not want to have big conversations. In fact, they didn't really want to have any conversations with me. They loved me, yeah. but that was, that was, and they made sure to communicate that, and I appreciate that. I, the expectation was, you know, you, you, you go along to get along, right? You just yeah. kind of, the expectation was I was going to adapt to any systems I was in, the systems were not expected to adapt to me, right? Correct. The world wasn't going to change for my benefit, which my parents also mentioned on more than one occasion, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but I do want to point out that, you know, so I'm, I just turned 58 recently and I was thinking about this. I mean, I knew from a really early age that I did not fit in that binary. I tried to, I sort of thought, oh, well, I guess I'm a tomboy, which is the way we tried to, or one of the ways, right? We try to stretch what it meant to be a girl or a woman. Um, So that was one way. But, But what happens now is kids just don't feel like they have to stretch the binary to try to fit into it. They just say, maybe it's not a binary. So therefore I can just figure out what's going on. What I love about your story about Kat, And I think it's one of the most important things that we remember as parents is the challenge isn't really that the kids change their language for their gender. The the problem is when they stop telling us the language that they're using for their gender. Because what they're trying to do is communicate that as they mature, right, as they grow in their own understanding of themselves and as they mature and acquire new language, they just understand that it's more nuanced, that it's a finer, it's a finer grade, if you will, that they're working with. And so you might start off and just say, hey, I know I don't fit. I'm going to use a term like an identity like gender queer. And then later you're going to hear this new term, maybe gender fluid. And you go, oh, you know what? Actually, that's what it is, right? right? And as humans, hopefully, right, we're evolving, we're maturing. And as we do, we integrate that information into our sense of self. So what we know about this generation is really important, I think, to start with. One is we know that the majority of them know kids that go by non-binary pronouns. So they, them is not a new or extraordinary thing for them. It's ho-hum. It is yeah. what they experience. It's it's just, it's there as... Was, there was this kid in Ellis's class. I was listening to them over the Zoom. And uh, the kid says, well, what... What did your sister go by uh, before changing her name to Cat? And Ellis says, "My sibling." 
and 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 the, and the kid go, and I'm like, who, where, who are these children? And then the kid says, oh, sorry, your sibling before what what were they born as before they chose to be right and it was like such yep. a great question and i was like eh, it was a girl you know and like it yeah. was blah, 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 no big deal but i want to stop because i do have a question and this is the like wow whiny i don't know anything because i'm of a different generation question <laughs> you're welcome and that is when we are having these discussions and they are bringing up the well specifically cat when she's bringing up these nuances i think well it i love the concept of non-binary and i love the concept of gender fluid these make a lot of sense and they specifically make a great deal of sense for children right like this is a time to be trying all why on earth would you Tell a kid they're one thing or the other. Let them be a little everything and have a good time. So why then do those nuances become important? Like, I mean, I, I will admit there are times I just want to say, who gives a shit? Oh, boy, girl, female, you know, not, pan, blah, blah, going through all of them. Just like, don't be a gender. Yeah, so there. Right. And then storm, storm off. Right. Like, I, why is that nuance? I, I understand why the nuance is important. Or I think I can understand if it was a slightly older generation of people who have been told you only get two choices. Right. Like when you only get two choices, I can understand how very important identity is and wanting to be identified correctly but i kind of look at my kids and be like no one has ever told you you had to be one thing or the other what is the deal right like <laughs> and maybe that'll change but i don't i don't know how what kind of an asshole am i for saying that <laughs> i don't think you're any kind of an <laughs> asshole for saying that i i think that i think there's a couple things one is i would say that it matters because you're not the only influence that's trying to shape their gender. That's mm -hmm. one reason. They live in a society and in a world that is trying to shape their gender and messaging what it means to be a gender and whatever right. gender that is. I think that's one reason. I think another reason is that under self-understanding, sort of understanding who we are is always really important, no matter what age you are. And and so that process of saying, wait a minute, is this how I see myself or is this how I see myself? And that and that's a moment in time, right? It's because yeah. that's continuing to change. I think that's really important. And and the third answer I would say to that is I think that for all of us, as we try to fit who we're expected to be, we become less and less of who we are. Whoa. Whoa. That right? was good, Lisa. That was <laughs> like, dear God, that was that was good. Well, thanks. I'm, I'll get you a shirt made. Please, I want to do yeah. I will. I will. <laughs> but I think it's, that's part of it too, right? So if I can take these things that mm -hmm. these expectations that are coming at me, and yeah. if I can say, wait a minute, no, I'm defining who I am first. And I'm going to start there. Then I'm most. I'm less likely. I'm sorry. I'm less likely to then constrict myself in ways where I become somebody else or some lesser version or begin carving off 
whole parts of me. You know, these kids, even if they go to a progressive school, even yeah. if they have progressive parents, even if they get all these messages that are affirming, are still getting a much higher percentage of messages that are saying it is not okay. And they begin to say, oh, that's right. I shouldn't have these interests. I shouldn't want this activity. This is not how girls are supposed to act or boys are supposed to act or non-binary kids are supposed to act. I remember, and we think that gender diverse kids, whether it's non-binary or trans kids, think that, you know, oh, they get all this freedom. No, they don't. They spend yeah. as much time looking at this and going, gee, why did I wear this? Is this what a non-binary kid would wear? Yeah. I mean, right? These right. are all influences that we're all struggling with. So I think it's one of those ways in which we, it, it, these are important questions to ask and answer, and maybe even more important when we're younger, when we still haven't stopped asking as many questions, right? We're still engaged in the inquiry of yeah. who we are and, and what's the story we're writing. Unfortunately, the older we get, we tend to stop asking those questions from the same openness that we do as kids. And I think this is the, these are really, really important things. I, I remember reading, not to now bring up economic studies, as if that's I kind love of an economic study. Bring it on. <laughs> I was Bring thinking it. of this economic study because you were talking about, you know, being raised in the South. And I remember this study that came out maybe a couple of years ago from the University of Chicago. And it was looking at the impact of a woman's lifelong earnings based on where she grew up. Right. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that was interesting is depending the, the influence on the level of sexism where you live. So what we know is that girls who grew up in the South, for example, Yes. Will have less lifelong earnings than a girl that grows up to become a woman from the Pacific Coast, for example. Even if those two girls, as they become women, go to New York and take the same job and the same thing, the girl from the South, because oh. of those influences, will earn less money. She will work less and she will earn less money. Is it the accent? So, uh, <laughs> I think actually the accent's kind of sexy, so I think well, that's a plus. Well, thank you. I appreciate I that. But man, yeah. oh man, when I was working <laughs> in corporate America, did I get the like, hey, Elizabeth? I was like, if this was a French accent, you would not mock this. That's Settle exactly down. right. That's but, uh, right. But, uh, but anyway, go ahead. <laughs> well, so I think that what you know, sometimes we think that these these processes that our kids are in somehow, you know, is it serious? Does it matter? And I think it actually matters a great deal because if you're engaged in that inquiry and you're looking at the world around you and you're trying to figure this out, you're more likely to disrupt those stereotypes. You're more likely to say, wait a minute, I, I don't, I can be who I am. I don't need to begin to conform to this. And these have real issues for lifelong implications for our kids. It's also, you know, true that, and I think for, for boys, and as I mentioned, I have a 17 year old son. When I watch him and his peers, I see a lot of the same pressures and the same ways that these boys are expected to conform to these ideas of masculinity and <laughs> and the, and the pressure to have a certain kind of physicality or a certain way in which they're supposed to, you know, uh, interact with one another and interact with everybody else. And it's like, if, if we don't help them, it's how do you grow up to be a healthy man if you can't get some healthy ideas of what uh, boyhood looks like, right? And healthy well, relationships too. That's so interesting because uh, Stefan and I were on a walk and we were talking about, it was like one of those days where we had just been hit with a lot of like, I'm this, I'm that, I'm woo, <laughs> yeah. these are all the accessories. I need right like so we've been hit with like I mean they're still 11 yeah. and 7 right like yeah. it's just he and I are out walking and he said I just want a day where like a week where no one talks about gender 
in this house. And I said, yeah. And he said, and what sucks is it's not even really about them. It's about me discovering all these things that I didn't think. Yes. I had a problem with. I'm having to like sort through some stuff that I really didn't think was there. Yes. And I was like, ooh, interesting. Okay. And so like, but I think that taps into what you were saying. This like, it's, it's not just about the, the kid. It's about all of the like baggage and history and lessons and stories that we all bring to it. That's right. Um, and that's why looking at our own gender story is really important because it is the lens through which we parent around gender in particular. And I think, you know, your partner's absolutely right too when you think about really the break is not from the kids, but mm-hmm. it's from the self-examination that they force <laughs> you to do. Now that's true about anything in parenting, sure. right? But it's particularly yeah. on on an issue that is so fundamental to our who we are as people. But in fact, yeah. we think about so little, right? Just simply most most adults, unless they needed to, either because of their own gender or the gender of somebody they cared about, just haven't thought about it. It's really just the water we're swimming in. And yeah. so now all of a sudden they're bringing it up and they're wanting to have conversations and they have access to language that most adults do not have. And Correct. so you just feel completely inadequate. And I think a lot of you know parents are like, listen, my kid clearly knows more about this topic than I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and you don't like, want to see that eye roll where they're looking at you like, oh, my God, I have told you this so yes. many times. It's sort of like I remember when my daughter was going through a Disney princess period and yeah. uh, she just yeah. kept, you know, she would talk about him and she wanted to have a conversation. I'm like, is that the one where all the animals come around? Yeah. She's like, oh, my God. Like, how many times That's have every I princess. every <laughs> But she's like, no, this one has blonde hair. This one has like and she was just exasperated by, you know, like. How do you not understand this yet, you know? And I think a lot of our kids are trying to, are are helping us try to understand that. And they're communicating. And thank God they're communicating about themselves, right? They're telling you this really important information about themselves. We know that in this same generation, you know, less than half of them, you know, always pick clothes that were designed for their gender. We know that, um, you know, they're in a, they just see it so much more expansively. It's not just pronouns, it's the clothes they buy, it's how they identify, it's the way that they interact. It's It's the expectations they have in the marketplace about who's doing what. And if you're trying to tell me, if you just send me pink things because you think I'm a girl, I'm not even gonna deal with you. I'm not gonna engage with you because clearly you don't, not only not, know me, but you don't even understand gender. So all these things are really interesting. I do think it's important when we think about identity. I was reading a study in Alonga where it was a global study too. And of the basically teens and the Gen Z and young adults, 23% of those kids globally expected to change their gender identity at least once in their lifetime. That's just not something that would have ever happened when I was a kid. So now... Talk to me about me, please. Okay. Uh, so, what am I supposed to do? She's, they're going to be fine. Yeah, they're going to be fine. <laughs> That's right. That's the truth. They're going to be fine. Yeah. And we, you know, need to sort of figure out how to, to, to show up in this sort of new right. how to uh, evolving walk world. with them. <clears throat> the one thing to keep in mind, too, when you're hearing the language changes is yeah. that, 
And this is a American Academy of Pediatrics. I'd say it's also true in the, the work that I've done in my life is that by age four, kids have a fairly stable gender. That doesn't mean their gender identity is going to be stable. So if we think about gender, and, and we talked about this in one of the, yeah. the previous visits, there's really three dimensions, the sort of bodies, which are not just biology, but how bodies are gendered. So bodies and identity and our social aspect of our gender. So their identity may change a hundred times or at least once for at least 23% of Gen Z's globally. <laughs> right. um, so there's that. But by age four, and if you think about, you know, and, and, and everybody who's listening, if we think about that, you sort of had a pretty good sense by about that age that you were not only probably a boy or girl, if you grew up with a binary language, but what kind of boy or what kind of girl you right. were. Like you had a sense of yourself. You could kind of locate yourself relative to the people you knew and, and all that. But as they grow and they do acquire language, there is this way in which they're trying to say, okay, so which, what is right? And we have to remember too, that the terms can mean different things to different people, which adds to the confusion for parents. Yeah. So somebody can say gender queer, and one kid means one thing by that, or one adult means a different thing by that, or however that plays out. So in some ways it takes the pressure off us as parents, because what we can say is, hey, I've heard that term and I know that people use it in different ways. I'm curious what that term means to you. And if it's a different term than you heard last week or the week before, you can say, that is a really good, That's uh, thanks for sharing. So it's always important to validate that. And I'm curious, what does that term mean to you? And what shifted in your understanding of yourself that this now mm. feels like the, a better, a, a, fit. A, a better yeah. fit, right? That feels more right for you. And the truth is, you know, if we think about this idea of congruence and apply it to gender, and I think a lot about gender congruence, we all want those three dimensions to feel in harmony with one another. We want to feel at home in our bodies. We want an identity that says what we think about ourselves or reflects sort of how we see ourselves. And we want to be seen and respected in the way that we see ourselves and that we want to be seen. And I, so I think that the the search for identity, for the for the language of identity is really important because we want that that best describes, not that's just wholly inadequate and I'm trying to like throw things yeah. together, but the one that just says, yeah, it may still not be perfect, but it's the closest thing I've ever heard that feels right. And, and it, it, it's powerful. It's a powerful to have language for yourself that describes yourself, that describes yourself experience in your own understanding. So I think those things are really, really helpful. I think as parents, one of the things that's helpful is to read, to talk to people about, you know, what? <laughs> I know. Research. Who needs that? Ah. I I think too that things like yeah. a gender story are important. You know, spend some time asking yourself. You know, things like what were the earliest memories you have of your own gender? What were the messages you got? You know, how were kids treated who maybe didn't fit the norms? Did I yeah. think that was right? Did I not think it was right? I mean. I think, as you're talking about with your partner, I think Stefan's getting to something which is, I, it, it brings us all and requires all of us to think about things that we may not have, that we may, right. we may then look at and go, how did I get to the age that I am and I haven't thought about this? Why is it that my <laughs> right. seven and 11-year-olds are thinking about this in a much more sophisticated, nuanced, and mature yeah. way than I am, right? I think those, but if we can get past that discomfort and sometimes shame and just look at it and say, we all come to our gender stories 
in the in, rightfully so. We grew up where we did. We had the communities we grew up in. We heard the messages, you know, maybe at church or at a mosque or synagogue or wherever where we heard those or or the local community center or their ethnic traditions that required certain things or you know Other messages. Parents. A- absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> And I think all those things, you know, we we came to that. We yeah. came to that rightfully so. And so for us to just be okay with that and then begin to think about, okay, let's let me understand my own story. How is that affecting how I'm parenting? Because yeah. I may be reacting to certain things because in fact I'm uncomfortable with that. Or in you know, in, in my day, and you know, initially I have to tell your kids because this will just reinforce the fact that you're just old and don't understand, but <laughs> you, you can think to yourself anyway. Yeah. You know, in my day, if somebody did that, this is what would happen to them. Right. And of course, so much of what we are worried about, right? There's just the amount of fear that we all carry around as parents is just enormous constantly. And so a lot of what happens is we get triggered because we become afraid and we don't want anything bad to happen to our kids. And our memory of what happens to these kids is they get hurt right? They're either hurt psychologically, they're hurt physically, whatever, they're going to be hurt. And you, of course, want to protect your children. You know, you love these kids more than you ever knew you could love anybody (laughs) ever. And you want to protect them. And in fact, sometimes this instinct to protect doesn't protect. Yeah, It actually makes it harder for them. And so I think that's the thing is we could, if we can start with our own gender story and try to understand how we're parenting from that gender story and how that makes us want to protect and create a safe world around our kids and then ask ourselves, wait a minute, is that actually the same world that our kids are living in today? Or am I protecting out of my childhood and not theirs, right? right? And because oh, yeah, it's like the world when they're you... growing up in is really different. It's like when you show your kid a movie from like the 80s or even <laughs> 90s and they look at you and they're like, how is this even remotely okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah. this is, what did they just say? Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> what is that? You know, you're like, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Huh. Guess that. Guess that is a little weird. Huh. My son the other night said, I said, oh, I, let's watch this thing. I think you're going to really love it. And we're watching it, and he goes, like, where do these ideas of masculinity even yeah. come from? Like, he, he thought, he just couldn't even get it. And I was like, yeah. huh. Huh. Yeah, yeah, I guess, I so. guess I see this it now. Never, never <laughs> going to show you Greece. That's yeah. for sure. That's never, ever yeah. showing you Greece. Can't, yeah. can't even begin to find the words to answer the questions you're going to ask me about that's right. this. <laughs> just, that's right. Just, and that's going to be okay. We're all going to yeah, be okay. That's right. Lisa, that's right. thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on as always. And thanks for answering these questions because it, you know, like you said, and like I said, I, we love these kids and I want them to feel safe doing whatever it is that they need to do to figure out who they are. And it's hard as an adult when you know what a lifetime process that is. watching young people who need who have that sense of urgency about it and you know that's another place that we have to step back on which sucks um (laughs) just just add it to the list of things that suck we're gonna make sure as always that we link everybody up to both i went right by the way i went right to gender spectrum when this all started unloading 
in the house. Good. I was so thankful that that resource was there. And this morning, Kat was actually looking at the reimagined gender sex. I was like, oh, Lisa Kenny's going to be on. Do you want me to? Do you have any questions? Yeah. Uh, she was like, maybe. And she was like, I really like this reimagined gender site. I mean, just your front page of information. She was like, this is so good check your email because she was like can i write them a letter I'm like absolutely go for absolutely it. absolutely um, good so thank you for providing these resources and oh we'll have you back <laughs> <laughs> well good i love that i appreciate being on today and and you know we're all in it together Liz. Mm. i'm right there with you and you know the, I'll, I'll tell you everything you said about your kids Sounds like they're in a pretty good place, right? They're trying to figure it out and they're telling you. And as long as I just keep coming back, like as long yeah. as our kids are in a conversation, yeah. it's all okay. And we just need keep reflecting back that we love them and not because of this gender stuff, but simply because they are yeah. just lovely human beings. They're and just we're perfect in every way. Just got to love them. Just got to right. love them. So Thank you're doing you, a good thing. Lisa. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me on. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Billy. Self-care and routine are more important than ever. Whatever you're using to get ready for the day should make you feel amazing. Meet Billy. Billy gives you an extra smooth shave. What I like about Billy is I don't have to go over it two or three times, guys. And I know you're like, why would you even have to go over it two or three times? Well, eh, pandemic. <laughs> yeah. I like I just yeah. letting it be. There's yeah. no pink tax, and you don't have to go to the drugstore. Also points. And their starter kit is just $9 and includes their award-winning razor, which I have just said is very good, two refill blades, and a magnetic holder, which I also love because it keeps your razor from getting gross and sitting in sticky, yuck, gross stuff. And guess what? The holidays are here. <laughs> Another good reason to probably bust out your billy and shave. They're new... Limited edition bundles makes the perfect gift and come wrapped and ready. Go to mybilly.com slash mother to get the best razor you'll ever own. It's just $9 to get your starter kit plus free shipping always. Go to mybilly.com slash mother. That's spelled B-I-L-L-I-E dot com slash mother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Okay. <clears throat> I solved a little problem. Ooh. Oscar said that his nose hurt. Oh. I think oh. it was just <laughs> dryness. Oh, because no. it's very dry here. Yes. 
there was nothing I could really like do as far as I knew. I was like, oh, that's. But he's like, mm, really? And the the whining. It was yeah, just, the whining. It was. He really was uncomfortable. Sure. But then I was thinking back to like when everyone was a baby mm. and like you could get the saline spray to spray in their yeah. nose yeah. and then it would kind of help. Yeah. And we had some of that because it, we, it was like leftover from when Grace had her ears pierced like a year ago. And I told him he could spray it in his nose and I was pretty sure... I was pretty sure it would help, but I didn't think he would be willing to do it. <laughs> but he totally was. And he thought it was kind of funny. Oh. And it actually really helped him. <gasps> and because he's up for it, he's willing to like do it himself when it when he needs to. So I don't have to like wow. follow him around offering to do that or like respond when he he can just go get it from the bathroom and spray it up his nose. <laughs> Brand up your nose, Oscar. <laughs> I that is great. Good job. Yeah. You did solve Thanks. a little problem. Like solved a little problem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My uh, genius. We got the flu shots. So I oh, took Ellis. Good job. I took Ellis to go for their annual physical, and we knew the flu shot. Sorry, that was hidden genius. You. Took Ellis yes. to go for their annual physical. Yes. That's a, doesn't that count as a genius? Yes. Right okay. there. That is also a genius. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. That's fine. I'll take, I'll add them up. Somebody start a tally sheet. So uh, we go <laughs> two. It'll be two on my tally sheet. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. we go. Ellis is not looking forward to it. We know we are both getting a flu shot. Yeah. Last year's flu shot, for those who may remember, Uh, He had many shots last year, and when they got this flu shot last year, Ellis screamed, like, so loud that the nurse just left. And then during the, like, five to eight minutes of more screaming, different nurses would come in, like, and open the door thinking something was wrong, and then just back out, right? Like, we don't want to see this. Oh, it's that. So we had, you know, gonna get a toy, gonna get a special toy when we do this. This is our thing. I've got it in my bag. And that didn't backfire. So that was good. Good. But by the time the shot came, Ellis started like freaking out. I can't do this. Screaming at the top of their lungs. (laughs) Right. And so like, and the nurse is being very nice because she really loves Ellis because Ellis has spent Eight hours charming everybody in the whole place. And I say, Alice, we've got two choices here. You're going to be getting a flu shot, right? I We can, you know, take a deep breath, count to 10, and I hold you. Or I'm going to have to really hold you. And she's going to uh-huh. give it to you, breath yeah. or no breath. And yeah. so again, still screaming. And then eventually she and yeah. I looked at each other and I gave it the big tight grip and yeah. yep. she did it so fast. And yeah. even, and I got mine and, and when I got mine, I hate fucking flu shots. And it was yeah. quick. She was very good. Ellis did not reach the peak again. So Ellis was like, mm-hmm. that was horrible. And I hated it. And there were a few tears. Mm-hmm. And then later, after having time to think about it, more tears came. And then mm. for the next 24 yeah. hours, uh, up until right now, there's been lots of like, mm-hmm. the, 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 the 
could ever have. I can't even use my arm. <laughs> oh my Just God. like, tough it up. I can't either, but here I am. Anyway. Oh, that is really so hard. Good job. Pre- Thank do you. It, deciding yes. to do it, yes. doing it, preparing for it, being Oof. there all the way through it, following through on everything that oh, you yeah, said you would do. There was a moment do. where I was like, we're not doing this. Fuck this. My child yeah. doesn't want to do yeah. this. We're not doing this. I'm not yeah. going to scar them yeah. for life. Yeah. No. Of course. Of course you uh-huh. considered that. And then I was like, fuck it. We're going all yeah. in. You're mm-hmm. are, you're dealing with the stress and the screaming anyway. You mm-hmm. might as well be inoculated against the flu right. virus. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. Hi, Biz and Teresa. This is a genius. So I have a three and a half year old who really isn't enthused about brushing his teeth. It is kind of a struggle every night to get him interested in brushing his teeth and having me help him. We've tried various methods and ways of doing it and, you know, like pretending to blast the germs, pew, 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 and all sorts of different things. And um, I'm just like, you know what? The phone and YouTube kids is my friend. Why not just use it? I, like, went on to YouTube kids and pulled up Blippi and toothbrushing song, and so now every night we are, reliably at least for two weeks <laughs> or so, knock on wood, brushing our teeth every night while listening to the very obnoxious, flippy toothbrushing <laughs> song. But he loves watching the video, and so he lets me help him brush his teeth, and we get that done every night. So even though I have that horrible song in my head afterwards, I call it a win because we don't have any fights about toothbrushing now. I'm just waiting to see how long this lasts. But for now, I'm going to enjoy it. Thanks, everyone. I love your show. Take care. Bye. I really think you're doing a great job and it felt worth bringing back a toothbrushing genius. Because, like, it's easy to forget how much. It made me me think, what is the deal with mm-hmm. not wanting to brush your teeth. I mean, like, look, whatever. I get it. <laughs> but it's like I've yet to get the call that's like, uh-huh. my kid fucking loves brushing their teeth. I suppose if your kid mm. really loves brushing their teeth, you wouldn't mm. call the hotline. If you your kid call. loves brushing yeah. your teeth, call the hotline just so I can know if this exists. But like, I... <laughs> Curtis <laughs> Curtis likes to brush his teeth. Oh! <gasps> He always That's has. because Curtis is all right, all right, he all right. Always has. Yeah. <laughs> he's always liked to brush his teeth. He's he's all good with brushing his teeth. Okay. But I, I will it. but I will say that's weird that he sure. that he's into it. And also I my favorite part of this call yeah. was just at the beginning when she's like, he really isn't enthused about yeah. brushing <laughs> his teeth every night. <laughs> it's like I just love that choice of words yeah. so much. Like hmm. that. That there that you that kids would be enthused. Yeah. Like yeah. let's get let's get a little enthusiasm going for the teeth brushing every yeah. night, kids. Ooh, here it comes. Let's here get it comes. going. Yeah. Bow 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 bow. Are you ready for this? <laughs> do, 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 do. Anyway, um, well, you're doing an amazing job. And yeah, guys, you are. We're way too in the into this to not use our fucking phones whenever oh, we yeah. need to, guys. Oh, we yeah. are. We are way too into this now yeah so good job good job failures fail 
me, Teresa. I have so many failures. Ooh. I've just been stacking them. Just Ooh. stacking them. Stacking like them and stacking them. Dagwood sandwich yeah. of like failures. I'm yes. so old, everybody. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I remember Dagwood. Uh, he's still around. Yeah. <laughs> I I've just been really I've just I've just been forgetting things, mm. not staying on top of things. And this week I totally forgot about both of Curtis's speech therapy appointments, both of them. And like, like had been like, they were on the daily schedule. Like we have a visual schedule in our house for the day. They were on there. And when I pick him up from school, I talked about it. I had it in my, (laughs) like I fully had it, it like in my plan until we like got home and people got settled and I just like went off to I, who knows what I was Stand doing and in a corner. Yeah, <laughs> I have no idea. But both times, thankfully, his therapist texted me like 10 minutes into the appointment, like, hey, are we still on? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, OK, y- yes, of course. <laughs> so and then just the second time that I did it, I couldn't even believe it. I just yeah. said I did it again. I, I don't know. I can't even explain it. There's no reason. He's right here. And then we just yeah. went, joined really late. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you're driving somewhere. Right, we don't you're have like to drive just, somewhere. It's just you on just Zoom. Gotta, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You're bye-bye, Teresa. Yeah. Teresa, bye. go bye-bye. Yeah. Not here. <laughs> not here. Gone that fishing. Is because, it's because <laughs> your brain is full of fish, Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> it's just full of... Yeah, remember, like, I think we've had maybe one or two shows in which we've said... Do you remember how tired we were? Did you did you think we could get more tired? And then we were like, yes. Yeah. And then we were like, but could you get like more tired oh, than that tired that you were that time? I just had this vision of the haggard and broken, broken. shirt. Only it says like haggard er and yeah. broken er. <laughs> like we just add er and just er. er to just- the end. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Wait for that, guys. That'll be yeah. out soon. Well, you are doing a horrible job. Yeah. Staying on top of it. I really am. Yeah. Okay. I believe I've said on the show that I'm like missing like sort of big body experience. You know, like I like to go out, dig a garden, right? Or like do something big and moving things around and like. Uh, oh, the garbage disposal, bro. I'll replace the garbage disposal. I could do that, right? So Stefan and I have, since the pandemic really began and we've been home staring at our house, have been thinking about, like, cost-effective things we could do to perk up the house, right? And this included painting the really beautiful in design but disgusting in color and use porch and... The matching trim that goes around the three big windows, original glass of our very old house, and we've never done anything. And then I was like, I bet I could do this. This is, Mm. I'll start smart with the windows because I don't want to do all this work on the porch and then have the stuff from the window fall on that, right? Oh, yeah. I found a very eco-friendly process of using a heat gun I like anything called a heat gun. Mm-hmm. And you just heat up the old paint and scrape it off. Okay? Mm-hmm. Guys, I did that. 
I did it. (laughs) That was three days ago. Okay. My whole body, there is a heating pad behind me right now. And my my hand, the scraping hand, the one that was like, ah, just going at it like a violent toothbrush is so crippled with pain right now. Oh. Like, I mean, like there are like, I'm like, are there muscles between oh. each of your finger bones, like your hand bones? Like it's so... Like the tendons <laughs> and, or and something. And like the weird I area between your I don't wrist know what it is. and yeah. your elbow. I don't know. Yeah. Everything from my elbow yeah. to my fingertips yeah. is is as if I've, I've done like, I don't know, a triathlon, but just yeah. on that part of my body. Yeah. And it's like then, dry nasal passages almost. Uh, yeah. yes. Almost as bad almost as, as bad if your as nasal that. passages almost are dry. Almost as bad as a flu shot. Right. Yes. Almost <laughs> yeah. as bad as this. Not as bad, but almost as bad. Uh, I hurt so much. And I know <sighs> that I can't stop. If I stop, this is never going to happen. Oh, right. Right? You're like, not done. Right now. There's more. Yeah. No. Now they're like just a lot more? shabby chic looking <laughs> window yeah. frames. Right. And definitely not going to strip the paint on the porch. That's 100%. But like, yeah. I still have to like repaint this and do some like, there were some moments where I started peeling one thing off and you hear the window go, mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm going to. Yeah. Look at some more YouTube videos. Yeah. And like, uh, yeah, so I'm doing it. But I think the lesson learned is you can't just not do stuff for a really long period of time and then hurl your body into yeah. it as if you were still 36. Yeah. Because remember, I think I'm 36, but I'm 42 and I'm not 42 right. anymore either. So. Yeah. You think you're 42, but you're 46. Oh, my God. Anyway, so a lot of pain and shabby chic windows. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Bah humbug. Bah humbug. Hi, Biz and Teresa. I am calling with a fail and also with a thank you. Um, But first the fail, I was putting the baby down for a nap, and I come downstairs, and my three-and-a-half-year-old comes up to me and says, Mommy, I drank your fizzy water and it was icky. To rack my brains, we call sparkling water fizzy water. So, okay, did I have that? No, I only have water in a water bottle. It's regular water. That should taste fine. What could this be? So I think about it for a little bit and I say, hey, will you show me what fizzy water you drank? And he takes me into my bathroom and shows me the eye makeup remover that he drank. It tasted icky, Mommy. Yep, because it was eye makeup remover and not water, so fail. Apparently, I need to lock that cabinet. Uh, but I wanted to say thank you because I've been listening to old episodes, and not too long ago, I listened to the episode where you talked to poison control. And so there was no panic. I knew exactly what to do. I called poison control. They answered immediately. Told them what had happened, no judgment, they were super helpful, and they told me that it was not a big deal, he was going to be fine, and he is fine. So, fail on my part, I make her remover is not fizzy water, gotta teach my three and a half year old that, but um, overall, good outcome. Thanks, everyone's doing a great job. Yeah, well, first of all, how dare you leave your bathroom items out in your bathroom? Yep. <laughs> 
Or that, in a it sounded like they were in a in cabinet. The, in the cabinet, yeah. no less. And yeah. it's like, this is obviously not a drink. Anyway, but... Oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, Did you, were you keeping it in like in a like mason the... jar, yeah. at least, or something? Like, I'm was trying to figure straw? out... Yeah, do you apply it with a drinking You were straw? using one of his sippy cups yeah, to store you, it. I just store yeah. my cleaner in a sippy cup that says, drink me. Yeah. All right, also... Good job calling yeah. poison control. Like, yes. so, like, you were like the Fonz. You just, like, picked it up. You were yeah. super cool. You did it. No panic. And as always, shout out to poison control for yeah. no judgment yeah. and quick response. I just, I think uh, you're doing a very good job in one part of your life. And. <laughs> And otherwise, stop wearing eye makeup. Where are you going? It's the <laughs> pandemic. Eye makeup. Doing a horrible job. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. One Bad Mother is supported in part by KiwiCo. While this holiday season may look a little different, it's still the season to celebrate moments of wonder and discovery with the KiwiCo Hands-On Science and Art Project. If you guys have been listening to this show for a while, you probably know that I'm not very crafty. <laughs> I recently did a kit with Curtis, my three and a half year old. The kits are so well spaced for age groups and like development stages. So in this case, we were doing a rainbow kit, and the activity we chose was making a pillow with a rainbow on it, and it was so straightforward and simple, and he could do all of the parts himself. KiwiCo is redefining learning with hands-on projects that build confidence, creativity, and critical thinking skills. There's something for every kid or kid at heart at KiwiCo. You can get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code BADMOTHER at KiwiCo.com. That's 50% off your first month at KIWICO.com, promo code BADMOTHER. Well, hello, I'm Renee Colvert. Hi, I'm Alexis Preston, and we are the hosts of Can I Pet Your Dog? And we got breaking news, we got an expose, and all the beans have been spilled via an Apple podcast review that said, this show isn't well-researched. <gasps> well, yeah, no duh. Of course it's not. Not since the day we started has it been well-researched. Guessing and anthropomorphizing dogs is what we do. The Can I Pet Your Dog promise is that we will never do more than 10 seconds of research before telling you excitedly about any dog we see. I'm going to come at you with top 10 enthusiasm, minimal facts. We're here for a good time, not an educated time. So if you love dogs and you don't love research, well, <laughs> you know what? Come on in to Can I Pet Your Dog podcast every Tuesday on Maximum Fun Network. <laughs> Hey, I'm Janet Farney, host of the JV Club podcast. Ah, oh, high school. Was it a time of adventure, romance, and discovery? Class of 95, we did it! Or a time of angst, disappointment, and confusion. We're all tied together by four years of trauma at this place, but enjoy adulthood, I guess. The truth is, it was both. 
So join me on the JV Club podcast where I invite some great friends like Kristen Bell, Angela Kinsey, Oscar Nunez, Neil Patrick Harris, and Keegan Michael Key to talk about high school, the good, the bad, and everything in between. My teenage mood swings are getting harder to manage. The JV Club. Find it on Maximum Fun. Bust out your flannel jammies and your hot cocoa and snuggle up with Teresa like the warm pillow that she is. And let's listen to a mom have a breakdown. I'm having a breakdown in the Ikea parking lot. Because this weekend I bought a couch, which was its own saga I won't get into, but one piece of the couch is too big. So I went, so I put the kids down to bed and I thought, I'll go do it when it's quiet in the evening. Ikea doesn't close until nine o'clock. I got this huge piece of furniture into the car. I got it out of the car by myself onto the trolley up to the return station. Only to see that the return section of the store closed an hour earlier. I almost burst into tears right there in front of those poor workers. And it's not their fault. There's nothing they can do about it. They can't reopen the system or whatever. But now I spent 45 minutes driving to Ikea doing this stupid walking heavy trip up to the return section. And now I have to drive home with this piece of furniture still in my car. And now I'm going to have to do it during working hours because there's no other time when I have child care. So I guess it's a good thing my meeting got canceled tomorrow because now I'm going to have to go to Ikea instead. And it sucks. It sucks. And I just I just wanted to buy a nice couch for my family to watch movies together. And I hate it. I hate everything. You know, I'm just going to drive around with this huge hundred pound piece of furniture in my car. I guess it's a good thing I don't have to drive my kids anywhere right now. Because their car is stuck in here. Oh. Guys, you're doing a good job, and I really appreciate this hotline. This is the one place I can call and say these things out loud without anyone trying to offer advice or solve my problems. So thank you. You're doing a good job. You are doing a very good job. What I appreciate about this breakdown is that it's ephemeral. It is, it is, we are all struggling during this pandemic. This call could have been played, like it's a reminder that at any time, this kind of thing happens and it's so fucking disappointing and frustrating and rage-inducing and uh, (laughs) I 
I, pandemic or not, it's fucking impossible. Yeah. This is that, how does anyone do anything ever yeah. feeling? Like, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I All I could think, picturing you up there, seeing yeah. the return desk being closed, is like, how bad did you just want to leave yeah. that fucking thing right there on yeah. the floor and just walk away forever? Yeah, just walk away. Like, how bad did you want that? I wanted that for you. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I wanted actually to take that cart and just start running through Ikea and never look back. Just yeah. or just go sleep in their showroom for yeah. the night. Like, yeah. this is these things come in all kinds of different shapes and sizes, whether it's the I've gone to the grocery store and I've managed to successfully do all of this stuff in this small window and blah, blah, blah. And I don't have any money with me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or yeah. I've gotten us all to wherever we need to be and I don't have diapers. Yeah. Right. Like I, uh, this is when this has just come in the shape of a couch. Yes. It's and it's too heavy. It's too heavy. Yeah. This is not for something. one person. Yeah. 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 It's way too heavy. It yeah. is too heavy. And there's there's <laughs> <laughs> we've all walked right into this. Yes. Like I see every yeah. step of this. Yeah. I see all the steps. Yeah. I, I see, see the, all the planning. I, all the planning. I and see the way of, to yeah. make everything just it's just barely gonna work. I, yeah gonna do it i'm pushing a little too hard but it's i'm too tired it's not it's not what i want to be doing right now but i'm gonna do it yeah and get it done Mm -hmm. yeah except no except no you're not and it always makes me think of that like homer simpson scene where he's trying to put together the barbecue and Uh like it just ends up like a, definitely not looking like a barbecue, but he's just like hitting it over and over. Like, why must everything be so hard? Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is that. Why? Yeah. Why does this have to be yeah. so fucking hard? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, why is it so hard? I know. I'm, I am really sorry. Yeah. I am too. And I, I, we don't even have to address all the other stress. Yeah. That you are probably under at yeah. this very moment. Most definitely. Given yeah. all the things in the world. Yeah. You are doing a really good job. We see you. And you are doing a very good job. Yes, you are. Teresa, you are doing a very good job. Thanks, Biz. Just, so are you. Thanks. Uh, come back. Yep. Yeah, I'll okay. come back. All right. Cool. Okay. Great. Bye. (laughs) As always, saying goodbye to Teresa is hard. But what's not hard today is talking about what we learned. Guys, I love Lisa Kenny. I love Reimagine Gender and Gender Spectrum, the two programs that she's been involved in. And I I kind of think of Lisa and like gender spectrum, like the poison control 
center for all questions related to uh, gender identity. Like, no judgment. <laughs> no judgment. They're just going to answer your question. And that sort of, like, calm, matter-of-fact, non-judgmental approach is so helpful because, guys, good. it feels very unnormal sometimes. And the reality is, is it's very normal. And the answer to that question of, really? Is it their chance I've got two kids going through this in my house? Apparently, yes. Apparently, yes. Because what's so cool, what I've been trying to get my head around during all this is it was suddenly changing how I looked at it to realizing that this is a gift that these kids have all this language that I didn't have. And that because of all this new language, they get to sort of walk through this tweeny, teeny, you know, who am I process with more tools than we had and and expressing themselves differently and exploring gender, gender identity and the way that they are is incredibly normal. It's, it's me who's like, what? What are we doing? Can't we just Pick one thing and be done. Just wear all black already. Just scream that you fucking hate me and slam the door. And this is as much a part of that. And what a gift. Again, I just can't imagine having had all of that language available to me growing up. And when I do think back on my own gender story, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I think about all the different ways I dressed, all the different ways I walked through the world with different attitudes and different personas and different, you know, chips on my shoulder and different everything. And it was always me trying to figure out who I was separate from the concept of what I was born as. And so, you know, good job, new kids. Good job, new generations of kids getting to do this. I love it. And I also want to say that we're learning today to be really kind to ourselves as our kids are going through this, okay? I've already fucked it up once by using the word phase. So early on, early on, and I have definitely backtracked that, but we're going to fuck it up, and that's okay. But let's remember to be kind to ourselves as we are going through this with our kids, and you just... You know, I think I had a therapist who said, you just don't want to be on the opposite end of the seesaw. You want to be in the middle of the seesaw. Okay, so let's all get comfy in the middle of the seesaw. Everybody, you're doing a remarkable job. Whether you are in an Ikea parking lot having a massive meltdown, or you are working in a lab testing yet another kit to see if somebody has COVID or not, or if you are just totally done and are sleeping on the couch watching a Netflix marathon, those are all good things. You're all doing an incredibly good job. And I see you and we will talk to you next week. Bye. <laughs>
We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mora, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, maybe fussing by not throw down Mama Blue. Oh, said Daddy, maybe fussing by not throw down Mama Blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.